Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. By the way, it's 1-1 between Pirates and Enyimba. 30 minutes left there in Orlando in the Kev Confed Cup. But let's go over to the UK now, and that's where we find a promoter, Frank Warren, just to talk about Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua finally happening. Frank, good evening, and thank you again for speaking to us in South Africa. We really appreciate it, sir. Good evening, my friend. How are you? No, we're fine, thanks. I hope you're well too, Frank. Well, I, I, I caught COVID and I was in hospital for eight days with it, but I'm over that now. Um, so, yeah, I'm around now, so I'm good. Everything's okay, good. thankfully, that's good to hear. I had a little bit of, of you talking on TalkSport yesterday, saying that this announcement made by Eddie Hearn about Fury and Joshua was a bit premature. What are you not happy with? Well, because we the contract that we've all signed, there's a clause in there that any announcements we will make jointly with everybody agreeing the timing and the place. And what the idea was, was to make an announcement, not just that they've signed, but also that we, we would, uh, we would confirm the venues and so forth. So it hasn't happened. You know, he, 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 you know, he wasn't, he shouldn't have done that, but he's done it. And I can't change that. It is out there. So it was a bit annoying because we're after, you know, with as much as I love speaking to you guys, with, you know, we're, we're, we're going to do an interview now. You're going to ask me a lot of questions that I can't give you answers for. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a bit crazy. So you know that 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 was the that was the problem. And as I say, there are, there are a few parties in this contract. Top rank ourselves, um, obviously the boxers, and you've got um, uh, Tyson. Uh, sorry, and uh, and uh, and obviously Holmes. Mm-hmm. And between us all, we all supposed to be on the same page, mm-hmm. which I thought we were when we when we um, you know by getting this together, by getting everybody to agree to the fight. So why would you go ahead and announce it, Frank, knowing that the final details have been sorted out? Because, like you said, now people are asking a lot of questions. I, I don't know. I mean, you'll have to ha- ask him that, but he's done it. But, you know, the good thing is, we're, I'm, you know, I'm positive that we're going to deal with this and we're going to get the venue. But we haven't agreed it yet. We haven't got it yet. And we've got to work on it. And when we do finally agree the terms with a venue and agree how we're going to do it, we then will issue a joint announcement because we can't have this happening because it's, it's not right. It catches, it's just not right. And that's not, and if you're signing a contract, you're supposed to honor what's in the contract. What's the point of signing it and having the clause in there? Yeah. So at the moment, just to be clear, what's been agreed on or what's been signed? What has been agreed is the two guys will fight each other. There'll be two fights and that's it. Do we have dates yet? No, nothing. We haven't got a venue. We're talking to venues, and we're but there's no dates yet or anything for it. That that's all got to be fight, all got to be sorted out between all of us. So that's where we are, and that's what I say. So it's all, it's all pretty premature. Yes, and there's been a lot of speculation already about the venue, as you would expect. Now, as some people are mentioning Saudi Arabia. Where where are you? Where are you looking at? Well, you know, as I said, there's a confidentiality clause, and I can't be you know, announcing or discussing any of that at the moment. Mm. All I can say, there are quite a number of, of um, countries and venues that are very interested in hosting this fight, and we're looking at them all at the moment and negotiating with them. That's as far as I can go on that. Okay. Do you see both of them happening outside the UK or one in the UK and the other outside? Well, I'd like them both to be in the UK because obviously they're British fighters, but I think the expectation levels... Of, of, of the fighters and etc. I think, and because of COVID and all what's gone, what's been happening over the past year, it's been tough times for everybody. I think we, you know, we'll be look, the fighters will be looking to go where the most money can be made. And the USA is it an option? Um, 
Look, it could be, but I, you know, if you were going to ask, if you were going to sort of ask me to put my money on it, I wouldn't. <laughs> and and just uh, Frank, how massive is this fight, and, and what does it take to put together something like this? Uh, uh, oh, look, it's taken us quite a while, but but every you know, the first of all, you got to want the fighters to want to have to f- want to fight each other, and once they agree that they wanted to fight each other, the rest of it falls into place because you know our job is to ensure that we deliver for the boxers, our respective boxers. So we've done that. And obviously for the fans, who are the most important people. So that's, that's done, it's been done. There's been a lot of negotiation over, over, you know, for, over, for a few months now. As I say, we finally got it over the line. It's done. And, um, you know, the agreement's done. Now, now we've got to make, make, you know, make sure that all the other stuff happens to get it, you know, to ensure that the fight takes place. But it, it was tough. It wasn't easy. But, we, you know, at the end of the day, as I said, how many years ago? Must be, you know, when Tyson first came back, and I said at least eighteen months, two years ago, when he fights Anthony Joshua, it'd be on a fifty-fifty basis, and that's what it is. Fifty-fifty split confirmed. Yeah. And you mentioned fans. Are you hoping that wherever you take it, that fans can be allowed? Absolutely. I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be quite critical because obviously the, the revenue that the fans, the fans will generate. I mean, if it was here, we would generate, I think, a 80,000, maybe a 90,000 gate if we did it at Wembley. Um, and remember, you know, hopefully when the travel restrictions are lifted in the UK, if it is abroad, then we'll be in a position where the guys and the girls in this day and age will all, will be able, to, hopefully be able to travel. And I could, it wouldn't surprise me 50,000 people um, from the UK uh, making their way to the venue wherever it takes place. Sure. And if you if you could get to Wembley, you'll obviously sell it out easily. Oh, easy. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a massive fight. Look, for, for, for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, is the first time that four belts have been fought for. It's never happened before, which will obviously would make a unified champion. Um, it'd also be, um, as far as the UK is concerned, two British guys, the two top heavyweights in the world meeting. It's, you know, it's got all the ingredients of a great fight. There's a lot of there's a lot of, uh, of rivalry between the boxers, and also they're 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 at the re- their respective promoters. So, you know, <laughs> there's a lot on the line. There's a lot on the line for this. So, as I say, from our perspective, we're really looking forward to getting it on, and 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 uh, and that's what we're as I say, we're we're working very very hard to make happen. And why does why does Saudi Arabia become like a popular a popular possible destination we know that it hosted joshua and ruiz twice is it is it just about the money i think it's a, a matter of it's two things really i think number one is they they've obviously they're trying to what well, they are being successful they're, they're they're moving moving into into a you know into the 21st century as such that they want to become a major sporting destination they've got a formula i think it's is it formula one there now they've certainly had um, they got the WWE. They do two WWE tournaments mm-hmm. there. I saw that, yeah. They, they, uh, quite a few football football teams in Europe have gone and played in, in tournaments or matches there. Um, they've obviously, uh, it was a quite a strict con- country regarding death penalty and so forth. They've changed a lot of that. So they're they're obviously trying to, trying to, their the whole image, um, all around and, and by doing that and hopefully and it seems to me they're looking at, I can't remember the name of this new city is it EOS or whatever their place they're, they're building to rival uh, probably Dubai 
they're, they're, they look like they're building that. It's going to be something magnificent when it's built. So they'll be looking to attract tourists and visitors to Saudi Arabia. And the best way to do that is to put on big sporting events that draw the world's media and television companies broadcasting and radio stations um, broadcasting these fights. It, it, they become a, a, a destination to go to for the, for the top sporting events. And there isn't a bigger sporting event than the heavyweight championship in the, in the world. I saw the bookies have, have, have June and July as the favorite for the first fight to take place. Is that about right if you want to put your money on it? Well, look, that's what we want. We want to get it on soon, as soon as possible. Tyson's been out the ring now for over a year. It was last February in the, in Vegas that he beat Deontay Wilder. He's been inactive since. So he wants to be out. He don't want, you know, and, and the objective is to, is to try and get this fight on, as you say, by June or July. That's what we're all working towards. And on that note, how is Tyson at the moment, fitness-wise, since he hasn't fought Very for so long? Fit. Well, he, he's, uh, you know, he's been constantly training. He's in, obviously, like everybody in the UK, we're in lockdown. Mm. But he's been constantly training in the gym. And he's looking really good, but he's very frustrated. And what he needs more than anything is action in the ring because, like, you know, you speak to any boxer or, for that matter, any sportsman, they want to get the rust out of their system. And uh, that's what he needs to do. So he wants to be out very quickly. Would he need a preparation fight to get that rust out of the system? Uh, look, if it's on in June or July, then, then they'll go straight to the fight. Let's hope that's what the case will be. And if, if not, we'll have to deal with that as is appropriate. But you're confident he can go straight into it without a preparation fight if he has to? Look, if the fight is on in, in June, then obviously he won't. He'll, he'll, he'll go straight to the fight. It's only, what is it, four, four months away, three months away now. And what do you expect to happen in this fight, uh, uh, Frank Warren? Or what do you see I happening? Get, <laughs> I, I see, I, see um, I genuinely see Tyson Fury winning really big. I think I, I think styles make fights, and I think his style is a nightmare for Anthony Joshua, and I think that Tyson Fury will knock him out because I can't see I can't see I can't see Anthony Joshua out jabbing him. I can't see him out boxing him. I don't think he's got uh, uh, he's not his hand speed is not as fast as Tyson. His movement in the ring, his footwork is not as good as Tyson's. Tyson's got an extremely good chin, as he showed when he got off the floor twice in the fight with the biggest punching heavyweight out there, Deontay Wilder. And he can punch himself, Tyson. He's a big puncher. Joshua is a big puncher. You know, if he catches Tyson, he can hurt him. But Tyson is very strong. And I just feel that, for me, I think he's he's the better natural all-round boxer. And he's always said he wants this fight. He's always come out and he said he'll finish AJ off quickly. What what then took so long? I know you explained it in the beginning, but was it the money or was it just the other camp that just took too long to agree? It it was a lot of things. It was it was the you know it's the fact that you got two different. They're both with different uh, TV stations in the UK and in the states. Um, it's it was it was the fact that Joshua, um, you know, they felt that they deserved more money or a bigger cut than Tyson was getting. And it took a, quite a while for everybody to understand that was not going to happen from the other side. And the only way the fight was going to be go on if it was, you know, if, it, if everything was split evenly. And that's what, what, thankfully, what everybody's agreed now. Yeah. And, and Deontay Wilder now, is he a thing of the past? 
Well, look, at the moment, there's an arbitration hearing still to be... It's still going on in the States. Uh, you know, the judge is going to obviously... Uh, or the, the, the arbitrator, I should say, will give his decision soon, and we'll see what he says. Um, at the moment, you know, our, our, our side don't believe that... Um, that, that they that they can win win the uh, win the arbitration, so that's our position. Okay, and just finally, Frank, while we have you on the line, a couple of of people here in South Africa, Juicy and Bayanda Kominisi, say I must ask you about Zolani Tete. What is happening with him? Well, obviously, he's been been inactive for same as same as a lot of fighters here. Um, the problem has been has been the travelling. Once these restrictions get lifted in the UK. Um, hopefully we can get him out and get him back in action. I mean, he's a he's, you know he's a fabulous boxer, and uh, I'm sure he's gonna, he'd probably move up in weight, and uh, we'll be looking to get him another shot at the world title. So you still have plans for him? Yeah, yeah, he's part of the team. We got to we got to work hard to get him and you know get him back in there again. You know, it's been very frustrating for certainly for him as a boxer, and very frustrating for us. The last year has been been very difficult. You know, we've been we've obviously put some fights on here in the UK behind closed doors, but they've been involving, you know, 95% of the fights are involving British fighters. Mm. Well, South Africans are asking you to make, to make the fight happen between him and Lotu Molamati, another South African here at home. Well, that would be a great fight to do, and we're very interested in doing it. So if, uh, if, if the Lamati's promoter wants to um, contact me. Let's try and do it. Okay, and of course you do know about Lamati. He's even been in the UK. Sorry, say that again. No, I'm saying uh, Lamati is a familiar name also because he was based in the yeah, UK for some yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So as I say, that would be a great fight to make, wouldn't it? Yeah, and he had a great win this past weekend. Thanks, Frank, for always being available to speak to us and for giving us the update. We really appreciate it. We're glad that you've recovered from COVID, and we wish you a more health. Thank you, and I wish you and you and all your listeners all the best, and, and stay safe and well, and hopefully speak to you soon. Thank you, sir. The legendary boxing promoter Frank Warren joining us, talking about Fury Joshua. We're going to stay in the UK because we want to talk about Estrada Chocolatito, if you guys watched it. Something happened there in that fight that didn't sit well with a lot of people. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. And let's stay in the UK. We're joined on the line by Sky Sports Boxing Senior Journalist James Dillhan uh, just to talk about Estrada Chocolatito, but I've got to ask him about Fury and Joshua also. James, good evening, and thank you very much for speaking to us here in South Africa. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks. We just spoke to Frank Warren. I don't know how much you heard of it, but how has the reaction been in the UK now that Fury and Joshua is finally happening? I think the reaction is uh, of excitement. I think it's uh, the boxing match that everybody wants to see. Uh, obviously, two Brits, so uh, it's, it's dividing people down the middle. Um, there might be a way to go yet before it becomes a reality, but uh, people are excited. Uh, the, the news this week that they've both signed a contract uh, is progress. Uh, it's better than an unsigned contract. So it's a step in the right direction. It's not finished yet. There is more that needs to happen. But it's a good thing, and and people are excited, yeah. And and how do the people feel about it possibly taking place outside of the UK? I don't think it's ideal. I mean, people people obviously would love it to happen here because it would be a great sporting event uh, in the UK if that were if it were to take place here. You know, the the idea of it happening at Wembley in front of a hundred thousand people would be incredible. 
But I think we know that's that's very, very unlikely. Um, both All of the promoters involved have said that's very, very unlikely. Uh, so I think people are resigned to it happening abroad now. Um, but I don't think that's taking away from the excitement of the fight. I, I think the, the really key thing is that people are just very, very excited about the best boxing match for an entire generation, and that's what this is. Um, so I think the fact that it's a step closer to happening is the most important thing at the moment. Yeah, and we've got a voice note here. You can send them if you want to give your views on this fight. You can send them to this WhatsApp number 061-4104-107. Evening, dear member. Tulane from Holland. I'm going for Anthony Joshua on this one. And also, after Anthony Joshua beat Tyson Fury, I need Deontay Wilder to go against the Anthony Joshua. Then I, I'm up for Deontay Wilder to win so that you can settle the matter. Each one must lose against the other one. So we don't have a champion between the three of them. Thanks, Tulani from Holland. <laughs> Tulani, I see what you want to happen there. But in your opinion, James, I've seen the bookies. Obviously, Tyson Fury is the favorite. Is, is he a heavy favorite going into this one? Is he, is he the favorite in your opinion? Uh, no, he, no. To be honest, is the short answer to that. Uh, I think it's it's perfectly fifty fifty. I don't think there's any reason for either of them to be a big favourite. Mm. Um, it should be divided directly down the middle, in my opinion, in terms of the bookies' odds. Uh, the reason Tyson Fury is the favourite, in my opinion, is because of his most recent performance against Deontay Wilder. That was so incredible that I think that has probably made him the favourite for the fight with Joshua. But I think this is uh, a very, very difficult fight to call. It's, it's surely 50-50 down the middle. So, so I think Joshua has, uh, has as much of a chance of winning this as Fury does. And how do the Brits feel? Do they have a favourite here? Are they also split 50-50 between the two? Or is, is one more popular that side than the other? No, I, I would say that they're both uh, they're both equally popular. I think I think most people in the UK are either Team Joshua or Team Fury. They've obviously got very different personalities. They're very different people. So I think they maybe appeal to different people. Um, I think when you speak to people, they are either very very pro Joshua or very very pro Fury. But I think those two groups of people are similarly sized. I think I think yeah, they each have a similar support base. So it will be very interesting if and when they do finally step in the ring together. It will be very interesting at that point who has the public support because it feels very uh, feels very fifty fifty to me at the moment. Mm. And another big talking point this past week, uh, uh, James, and you, we saw the story that you wrote about it was the Estrada Chocolatito two. Uh, I did manage to watch that fight. Firstly, um, did the right man win it for you in your opinion? No, I don't think the right man won it. I think uh, Chocolatito probably deserved to win it. Um, I think the real controversy that came from that fight was the nature of one of the scorecards. Yeah. I think it was such a close fight that people people could have accepted either, either man winning because it was so close. But one of the scorecards uh, had Estrada winning the fight by nine rounds to three, uh, which I just don't think anybody can accept. And in fact, the, the WBA have also not accepted that. They've actually suspended the judge who put that, put that scorecard forward, which is a very, very rare move. That, um, that does not happen very often at all. So they were, they were not happy with, with that scorecard. Their president, Gilberto Mendoza, said it was wrong. He said it was misguided. Um, so that's that's quite an important moment because it was a world championship fight and a scorecard has gone in that the majority of people watching disagreed with. Not necessarily disagreed that 
Estrada mm. won it, but they did disagree at the margin of victory. Uh, it just seems uh, seemed inconceivable that any man could have possibly won nine rounds because it was such a close fight. Yes, definitely. And I even saw Andre Ward, the son of God, tweeting um, during, well, after the fight, saying it's not possible that you can score it 117-111. And we saw your story. You've used the word misguided. And in the statement, the WBA said it's not, they're, they're not saying it's a robbery, but they're saying is, it's, 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 it's wrong. What can we read into that? Well, I think what we can read into that is that uh, these scorecards are always subjective and they always will be subjective. And that is ultimately the problem that the governing bodies and fans will will always have with it. It's part of the excitement, but it's part of the problem as well. That that can't really be changed because that's just the nature of how to score the sport. However, there are certain guidelines that the judges should be using and that should prohibit a judge from coming out with a scorecard that we saw in this fight. Uh, I think what's interesting is that they've taken the measure to sus- temporarily suspend this judge, mm. which is, as I said, is, is a very, very rare thing. I can't really think of another time in, in recent history that that's happened for a fight of such magnitude. So around the world, that will have ramifications. And that's a good thing. It's, it's, it's no bad thing that judges around the world will see what's happened here and, and maybe double down in their efforts to, to come up with come up with the correct scorecards because obviously it's important. It's uh, it, it, it's, it's the it's the manner of who wins the fight, um, and and the scorecard that we saw in this particular fight swung it in the direction of Estrada and and maybe maybe unfairly so. Yes. So is the suspension an admission that something sinister took place, or is the suspension then the start of an investigation, or is it just a, sus- a suspension and that's it? It's definitely not anything to do with being sinister. Uh, they said that themselves. It's, it's purely uh, a suspension because they, because they disagreed with the scorecard and they disagreed with the manner of how it came about. Mm. Um, I suspect he's going to be reminded of the criteria uh, of how to come up with these scorecards. Um, there's certainly certainly no suggestion that anything sinister took place. Um, and I think I think the important thing, and I think maybe the real reason this happened, is it's just a case of all the other judges uh, around the world, because because obviously the, the WBA are involved in boxing around the world, um, is, is telling them all to buck their ideas up, that they, this won't be tolerated, uh, scorecards of that nature. So it's a big statement then from the WBA because we have seen some of these incidents happen before in boxing. And now, can we expect a, a trilogy here? Because the second fight was also so good? I think we have to. I think that's the, the, the natural thing to do. Um, it, it was such an amazing fight that I, I think the, the, the trilogy is just obvious, isn't it? I think that's what everybody would love to see. Um, the scorecards, again, give it, give it the storyline that, that all, all good boxing... Oh, no. James? We've lost that. Okay. Apologies there, we've lost that, James. Maybe let's just play a voice note then. If we do try to get him back on the line, if we don't, then we're going to move on to the next topic. I think we've got... I think we've got a lot of what we wanted to find out. The judge has been suspended. It's a big statement because of the magnitude of the fight. And if you did watch it, it was never... It was The, the margin should have never been that big. And it was a split decision, 115-113. Either way, the other two judges, but this one caught a lot of people by surprise. And that's why some are saying that something, something happened here. This judge knew what he was doing, but the WBA doesn't want to call it a robbery. They're just saying it was wrong. Uh, good evening, Tabiso. Um, good to see you. Uh, Tabiso, firstly, 
on ula chocotito no no starter look i believe u chocolatito won the fight maybe ke i am um, because i'm a fan um so to me i believe he won the fight i was very very shocked with the with the results um especially unanimously and 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 the gap of his score points so nam nam na i still feel we need the third fight uh simply because it's 1-1 and because this victory of Estrada Iaketisa so for me i think we need a third fight on Fury versus AJ um look i i i i i don't believe there's any boxer currently that can beat Fury with heavyweights obviously he's an heavyweight so i don't believe there's any boxer he's very awkward um his defense is very good and now he has developed a, a, a power so and and he has a very very good chap so for me currently there's no heavyweight that can beat him so yeah um lastly please get us e the um, the Johannesburg or the Gauteng promotion association or whatever that 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 thing is uh look something something good is happening in in in, in Joburg and we need to hear more about it maybe also the eastern cape promotion association can learn a thing or two because something good is happening there abos's choice and others are doing great thing so i think it's time that also they 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 are given a platform so that they can tell us how are they doing this thing that they are doing because something good is happening there and it's it's great to see Okay, Juicy, I think I have an idea of what you're talking about. The chairperson will come on later towards the end of the show, uh, Mr. TK Kometsi, to answer that. But I think I do have an idea. I think you want to talk about them helping out their licensees, if, if, if I understand you correctly. So we'll see. But let's now remember, Juicy, you didn't send anything about Marvin Hagler. Was it before your time also? But anyway, let's remember the legendary uh, Marvin Hagler. Marvelous Marvin Hagler. We're going to speak to Stan Christ- Christodolu up next. is already on the line, Mr. Christodolu. If you can just give us one, less than one minute, we're going to go to him. For these fights, and here we go. Round one. Hagler, right off the bat, attempting to get inside. He'd love to be able to pin Hearns on the ropes if he can. A more aggressive start by Hagler. Look at him, right for the body. Marvin Hagler only wants the body. He bangs Marvin Oh, Hearns may have hurt him with a right hand. Hurt him to the right. Hearns hits him with an uppercut. Hagler, he's hurt. Hurt. Hagler is done. Hearns got inside. Hit him with a right uppercut. Marvin ties him up. Marvin Hagler is still hurt. So is Hagler coming out like a bullet. A good left by Hagler. But Hearns didn't flinch. Marvin going for the body. Wild first round. Wow, what a shot. And it was Hagler who initiated yeah, it. That's that first round we were talking about. In that fight with Tommy Hands, and we're going to get into that. But let's welcome uh, the Hall of Famer, Mr. Tan Christo Do- Stan Christodoli himself. Good evening, Stan, and thank you very much for speaking to us tonight on SAFM, sir. Good evening. Thank you for having me on the program. Thank you, sir. But firstly, what was your reaction to the passing of marvelous Marvin Hagler? Well, you know, I was it was sincere sadness. I was at, at uh, Empress Palace on Sunday for the boxing when I learned of his passing. And, uh, you know, he's one of the great American, you know, has long been regarded as a legend in the ring. Uh, by writer George Kimball, who coined a very good uh, in a book called The Four Kings, he made reference to Hagler, Hearns, Duran, and um, Schubert and Leonard. 
So it was really sad because, you know, I had the good fortune to be at the third in the ring when he fought uh, in Las Vegas in 1983 to defend his crown against the, the hands of stone, the better Duran. Mm-hmm. So I witnessed a very close, the superb ring class of both these great fighters and the spirit of both of them. And for those who didn't see him fight, how do you describe him as a boxer, Marvin Hagler? Well, to be very frank, you know, he's one of the great fighters in, in that division. You know, and I've also shared a very long friendship with him over the years. And I saw when he fought Sugar I was ringside, and another time in Chicago when he fought uh, Mustafa Hamshaw, and I left another of his fights in Monte Carlo back in 1979. Great fighter. He, you know, he, he had the spirit that a lot of middleweights haven't got, and, and he, he fought with absolute determination. In fact, to give you a quote, I've just got my, my memoirs, mm-hmm. and one of the things he told me, he said, when I was looking back on my career, he said, what I'm most, pr- what I'm most proud of, he said, that is that as a champion, he said, I fought like a challenger. Mm-hmm. He stayed hungry. You know what I mean? This is the big thing about fighters. They get too complacent, and they don't realize this man always worked hard, and, and, and that's why he was so great. Yeah. And do you remember when you first came across him, Stan? Yes, I do. I, it was in Monte Carlo in 1979. Oh. I was there for the fight on, on the main battle between Hugo Cotter, the middleweight champion of the world, against Vita Antifirma. Yeah. And on the undercard, Hagler fought a, a guy called Norberto Cabrera for the, for the an elimination that the winner was to fight the winner of that bout. And so it turned out, uh, Cotter lost and, and, and uh, Antifirma won the title and made a defense in Las Vegas. But I met him, I met his manager, I had quite chat to him. I was very impressed because the way he, he dispatched this fellow was, was amazing. So, <laughs> so uh, and, and I met him over the years. As I say, I was inducted in all of fame in 2004. And we had a long, you know, time. Every time I met him, we sort of catch caught up and so well, What a great champion and a very respected man. Yeah. He was one of the most popular at the Hall of Fame in Canada, in New York. And we've got a voice note here that's come through on 0614104107. As you remember, marvelous Marvin Hagler. Evening, Tawiso. I hope you and all the SAFM listeners are well. This is Ben from Pretoria. Yeah, the king is dead. Long live the king. You know, one of the four kings, marvelous Marvin Hagler. Granite chin. Just, you, you couldn't put that guy down. He was before my time, but luckily we have the privilege of, of, of these fights being taped so that we can see and such. And yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was the real deal, man. He was the real deal. No disrespect to Evander Holyfield. We saw with his fight with Tommy Hearns, that first round was deadly. But like, if I'm not mistaken, Tommy Hearns broke his hand. So like he was, uh, debilitated for the remainder. The Duran fight, he gave Duran way too much respect. And when it finally came to the the Ray Leonard fight, yeah, he might dispute that he lost it, but, you know, he just wasn't uh, working, you know, to the same pace that Sugar Ray Leonard was. So, yeah, but overall, he's a legend, man. Like, he's, yeah, he, he he's the man. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that, uh, Ben. I, I, I do remember they did say that, yeah, Tommy Hens broke his um, hands there after his end after the first round. But Stan, you were in the ring for that fight against uh, Duran. I mean, how was that fight for you? How do you describe it? It, it, was, it was like you, uh, Ben said there. You know, it was an incredible fight because, to be honest with you, it was one of the biggest of my career. It was viewed by over 50 million people worldwide. <laughs> and going into the 14th round, two of the, two of the three judges scorecards had Duran ahead. And then uh, Hagler came back and won the last two rounds and took the decision by a very, very slight margin. 
it was incredible because, you know, the both fighters were at the highest peak of their careers. And I think Hagler showed a bit too much respect, to be honest with you. Mm. You know, because, uh, you know, <laughs> Duran, Duran, you, you know, he tried your tiny, dirty tactics he could, but I sort of kept it under control and uh, it went well. So it was 15 rounds and it was a real privilege for me, as I said to you, to be, you know, uh, in the ring. And, and, and I must make one statement. As majestic, fierce and ruthless as Marvel and Marvel was in the ring, he was very approachable and a, and a very loyal as a friend and a valued, you know, uh, that I, over the years, as I said, I had the pleasure of talking to him and meeting him in different countries. In Argentina once, he came as a special guest and was doing a fight there. We had a chat at ringside. So it is really, like the gentleman said there, a, a, a real blow to boxing and a sad loss. At such a young age, I must be honest, 66, and he was always in good shape, always in good shape. Every time I saw him, he was in tremendous condition, you know? So, so it is really a blow to all of us, to all his fans around the world. You know, it was really passing a great, one of the great legends, as you right, as you rightly point out, one of the four kings. And I was really lucky because I also refereed the fight when Pipino Cuevas got beaten by Thomas Hitman Hearns. Mm. And I thought Hearns was going to do, 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 do really uh, could upset Hagler, but you saw what happened. It was exciting. Three rounds. It yes. <laughs> of absolute action. You see more in that fight, you see anywhere else. And uh, is that what was expected fight. before the fight? No, 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 no. It wasn't expected, believe me. You know, that was one of the fights where things happen in the ring. You don't realize it. But they went to each other. You saw what happened. One of the great fights at the time. And, 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 and Sugar Evander was a very smart fighter. When he fought him, what he would do, you know, he stole a couple of rounds. For example, at the last 30 seconds, he threw a barrage of punches. And eventually, um, he got the decision. Not that I disputed it because it was very close. Mm. But uh, there was a summary of the fight uh, in the USA today after was talking about the number of punches thrown. Hagler threw more blows, but the more uh, uh, of quality came from, from Leonard. It was one of those great fights as well. I enjoyed that immensely. Is it true that it was a master stroke for Sugar Ray to want 12 rounds instead of 15 because Marvelous yeah, yeah, liked yeah, to yeah, take yes. it deep? Yes. That's, that's, you, you know what? He wouldn't have fought it the other way. He made it and he got an extra million dollars because he realized if that fight went longer, Hagler would have stopped him. You know, he was coming on strong. And he realized after, but he was out for over two years, as you know, Sugar Ray yeah, Leonard. Yeah, yeah. Really he retired a few man. times. <laughs> exactly. So he realized, listen, I've got to get, pay the money and get out. But he made the biggest person, man. I think Hagler got 12 million US dollars those years. The world deserved too. Great champion, great person, and a real loss to boxing. He quit after that. Did that surprise you because he felt he yes. was robbed? He was. He insisted that he, he, he was robbed. You know, because he was robbed in Vegas before when he fought Peter at the firm at in the draw. And to me, to be honest with you, I thought he'd won that fight. So he felt that when they weren't being fair to him, that's what they upset him the most. And he said, I bring my own judges to the ring, so I come in and he's still up his two fists. Because, you know, he had to do the rules decision that. And he went on and he, what he saw what he did to Alimenti in the UK. Mm. He took the middle of the championship. So, but, but a nice man, really a, a blow. I promise you, you couldn't wish to be the better person than him. We used to catch up, we used to have real good times. <clears throat> and even once, uh, Supersport had a, it's called Equal. It was a program, and they came and they interviewed him in, 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 at the Hall of Fame. Mm. Made a very good impression, you know. And he came to this country, as you know. Yes, to meet I got him. I got him. He came and spoke to the fans from Soweto at yes, the old park auditorium at Nazareth. Remember that? Yes. So, you know, he was a real uh, a boxing man. And a uh, yes. man of all respect and, and, and loss. He was a big, big shock to everybody, you know. I remember you also met Madiba. There's that picture of him in Madiba. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct, yes. Yeah. And, and you keep speaking about the man that was Marvin Hagler. What does it say about him that he didn't come back after that loss to Sugar Ray? Because I believe he was offered millions to come back and fight Sugar Ray, but he just turned it down and he was yes. comfortable and he was content. 
He, he was so disappointed, so saddened that he was robbed. He just felt that it was, he just decided not to fight again. And he kept his word. He said, I'm going to look after this. That's it for me. You know, you, you get to a stage in one's career where sometimes a smart move as well. He just decided, look, I've had enough. I won that fight. He was convinced that he won it. It was a very talk today. They debate the decision. You can watch it on TV again and make your own <laughs> formula conclusion. And he just decided that he made good money. He got divorced. He married a lady called Kay. I met mm-hmm. her, a very nice lady. And I also passed my condolences on to his wife. What a lady, beautiful lady, and great person she was. He moved to Italy, started making movies. Mm-hmm. He had a good life. <laughs> yes. You know, and I'll tell you what, when we used to go to the Hall of Famous, I said, You won't believe me, they knew the red carpet would come. I'm talking big names. <laughs> he was the most popular. I, know, I swear to God, the most popular of all of them. They loved him. Believe me, they loved him. The fans used to line the streets. The cars come down. It's what's done every uh, the second week in June in, in, in America. And uh, there's always a privilege to see the man and get the respect and the autographs he signs. And always corporate, very approachable, and, and a, a lovely person. Okay, and a lovely tribute that you've paid yesterday. Thank you very much Pleasure. for joining us on SAFM. Thank you. We God really bless you. It. Thank you for giving me a chance to talk. God bless you. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you, sir. Thank you, sir. That's the legendary Mr. Stan Christodoulou there. And also well done to Brabong's Magasela because I didn't know that Stan Christodoulou was the man in the middle for Duran and um, and Hegla until I saw a story that was done by uh, Brabong's. And I thought, okay, let's drop everything else here. Let's go to Stan Christodoulou. You see, that's why it's important to read the newspaper, folks. You never know what you might find there in the paper. We're going to end by bringing it back home. There are a couple of tournaments this weekend. We know TLB has a tournament in Mpumalanga, but we want to speak to uh, TK Komete about what's happening in his tournament. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, and let's bring it back home and talk what's happening here at home. But before we do that, let's welcome uh, the promoter of uh, from TK Boxing Promotions, of course, chairperson of the Gauteng Boxing Promoters Association, Mr. TK Kometsi. Good evening, sir. Thanks for speaking to us again on SAFM. Good evening, Dr. Musiya and your listeners. There was a voice note here that said, please bring them, bring Gauteng promoters on just to tell us about the good work that they're doing. I've seen, I think he was referring to the fact that you're assisting your licensees, Abratike. How are you assisting them? Uh, we assisted them uh, already <coughs> by providing uh, medical assistance, um, uh, hepatitis, uh, HIV, and uh, general medical checkup. For the boxers, we're waiting for the results. Once we get the results, we're going to pay their licensing fees. Mm. Uh, basically, that's what we're doing. Um, you know, I have said to my fellow promoters that uh, I want us to be just about our work and not just talk. So I also said we must share the spoils with uh, Boxing Fraternity. Yes. So I'm engaging the people. Uh, remember, boxers are our product. Uh, without boxers, promoters are nothing. So we have to take care of the boxers. So, yeah, that's it. And are you happy? Have they responded? Have they reacted? Because uh, we don't want them coming back a few weeks later to say they didn't know about it. No, they came in numbers, uh, Taviso. Uh, they came in numbers. Uh, unfortunately, I was not uh, a part of that because I had a period that I was uh, informed that everybody came and uh, they uh, the the plan went as 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 as, as it was okay. expected. No, yeah. that's good to hear. The other reason we brought you on is that you've got a tournament this weekend. I know we, we mentioned it about two weeks ago when we saw that Prince Jomo will fight at Tiger Mkoteli. But what's happening this weekend in Mutlakeng? What's happening this weekend in Mutlakeng? Uh, it's a Teramatebula tribute tournament. Uh, where I'll be featuring uh, 
SA Junior Welterweight title, Colonel Kotili, who is the champion uh, against the challenger, Prince Lomo, that is SA uh, title. And then I have Luvuyo, Sizani, uh, ABU champs, Tadek uh, versus Lebu uh, Mushito, who is the challenger, and then a Houting uh, Welterweight title, Sheldon Schools versus Lebu Minchari. Yeah, those are uh, the title fights that I have, and then I have the underparts. This tournament will be held uh, in Klaken in memory of uh, Ramatibula. I'm sure you and me know Ramatibula was the first uh, South African to win a world. Uh, yes. On those bases that we honoring Yes, we actually had him just a few months before he passed on. Actually, he was here live in studio, uh, Bratera Matebula, telling us about that. And is this with the blessing of the family? Blessing of the family. Relevant went and met with the family, and it was discussed, and there are further discussions with the family. Myself, I met with the MB, who is uh, a, a person nominated by the family to, to Okay, apologies for that line. Let's just take him back. We've got two minutes left. Let's see how much we can squeeze in in those two minutes. But the line is failing, but it gives me enough time to tell you that Orlando Pirates have beaten a Nyimba by two goals to one. Two one. So three points for the Buccaneers in the Kev Confed Cup. It looks like Tsekhofat Mabaso with the goal there. In the last minute with the win, Dion Hotto had opened the scoring and then there was a penalty for the Nigerians. But Mabaso is back and he's got the winner in Orlando. We've got TK. Sorry, but TK, apologies. We got cut off. You were just telling us that you've got the blessings of the family. And then um, are you are you assisting them? with? Are they going to benefit from this tournament? Yeah, uh, Taviso, they will benefit. I mean, uh, look, uh, this tournament is about Terama Tebula. Obviously, uh, we we honouring the legacy of Terama Tebula, and we can't just go there without the you know the family benefiting. But I'm saying mm. the idea is not to enrich the family. The idea is to pledge towards uh, the name Terama Tebula, you know, and keep it alive, and keep it alive in that. So uh, obviously, we 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 can't go there, and we're going to give them the belt as well. Uh, mm. for, WPA belt, which was not presented to them, yeah. and we're going to give uh, them a framed uh, gown and uh, uh, um, a full regalia. Yeah, So, mm. yeah, the family uh, is well informed. And then tomorrow, I think with the relevant stakeholders as well, we'll be meeting uh, the family for final preparations. That's but wonderful. I can tell you now that. Uh, uh, family has been consulted way before, I think, two months back or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, in preparation for this by, I think, the department, PSA, and local municipality. Uh, that's good to hear, Bratike, because I was at the funeral. I know a lot of promises were made and some of them were not kept. So it's good to see that his name and his legacy is being kept alive. And we wish you all the best. We are out of time, but we can catch up again next week just to find out how things how things went. And is Prince Loma being rewarded for beating Nomeva? Come again, Tavisa? Is Prince Lomo getting reward for beating Nomeva? No, I'm bringing uh, Eastern Cape down. Don't worry. <laughs>
<laughs> you said it the last time, eh? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying it the last Watch, watch, watch on Saturday, Tavi. So you'll ask me again on, on Wednesday next week. Okay, fire. Let's see what you've Thank got you, for brother. us this weekend also. Thanks, Bratike, and good luck uh, in the tournament in Mutlakeng this weekend. Pity we can't go there because of the restrictions. Hopefully they're going to allow us back in the stadium soon. Eh? We should start having that conversation now. Aye, it's too much. Now, we're seeing too many videos of people having a nice time, but we can't go to the stadium as the sporting fans. Anyway, we have to leave it there because of time.